that talk is about to begin Hey, 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 come on in Ryan Day is giving up play calling. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. Stephen Means, Nathan Baird, Andrew Gillis. A report came out a couple of weeks ago about the possibility of Ryan Day hiring an offensive coordinator who would come in and take over play calling duties and really take over being the basically Jim Knowles of the offensive side of the ball. And on Thursday night, literally at like 10 o'clock at night, Nathan Peep Thamel reports that Ohio State is expecting to hire Bill O'Brien, former New England Patriots coach on multiple tenures, also served at Alabama and, and some other places as well, former Penn State head coach. I know you confirmed that with our texters. Get the text 64-350-3315. I mean, just off the rip here, what's the details that you were maybe able to get as you were reporting this over the last 45 minutes before we sat down to do this? Yeah, so it's it's both the addition of Bill O'Brien and the departure of Corey Dennis, which was sort of mm-hmm. happening anyway. We weren't sure if they would hire an offensive coordinator who would then come in and make staff evaluations. There's a football scoop report to that extent, and then maybe that would decide what was happening with Dennis. But this always seemed like the most natural fit and something that the staff wasn't set up to do a year ago when Day was thinking about giving up play calling was you didn't have – you had a very young, um, relatively inexperienced, pretty inexperienced quarterbacks coach who wasn't going to take over play calling, and that – didn't leave them a lot of maneuverability on the staff. So this replaces that. This is, I think, I know that people were um, maybe expecting a, a hot, young, flashy name. This, to me, is more like finding what they were missing this past year, which was Kevin Wilson. Like, they, mm-hmm. they missed Kevin Wilson's experience and his influence and his the things that he was able to provide oversight for in the past year after he left, left to be the head coach at Tulsa. That's what this is to me, and I would say that it is it's a clear overall staff upgrade for me from Corey Dennis, who, again, just a, a relatively inexperienced coach, even though he's been here for four years now. But Bill O'Brien with a long background of coaching quarterbacks in both the college and the NFL, and it's pr- also potentially an upgrade over what they had from Kevin Wilson because just the, the experience and the high level experience and the executive experience that Bill O'Brien has. And that's the other thing that is at play here too. It's that he's coming in to run Ryan day's offense. He's not bringing some outside, you know, offense of his own that he's created. He's coming in to run the Ohio state offense. Ryan day will still be involved in the offense. It's not like Ryan day is going to, you know, just wash his hands of it completely. But O'Brien is going to be the one doing the organizing and, and, and putting things together from the best that we can tell. And to, to really turn this over, I think Day had to have some someone that he felt that had that just that experience and gravitas that he could trust to. It's more about that executive function. It's more about that um, knowing how to run a room knowing how to coordinate the offense and not just calling plays, but like building game plans and overseeing that whole structure. That's what this was more about to me than just finding a, a play caller. And, and he, he might have, you know, that was one option. You could go find another Ryan Day and what he came here as in 2017, up and coming, rising, um, you know, progressive offensive mind, whatever, however you want to say it. He is still here and is still actually not that old and it still kind mm-hmm. of is all those things. So I think it was more about trying to replace Kevin Wilson than it was trying to emulate Ryan Day. 
trust is a big word. I'm glad you use that. With Ryan Day, that that word is more significant than it maybe would be just with other people in general. That matters to him. Can he trust? How much does he trust you to be able to do that role? I, I think this is a Jim Knowles type of hire because this is a guy who has been around the block, Andrew. It's it, This is not his first rodeo running a room in college football, running a quarterback room in college football, and running a quarterback, running a room in general that where the expectation is you're supposed to be competing at the highest level. Yeah. So the, the things that I have kind of been thinking of over the last kind of hour or so since this news broke, there's a phrase and there's a word or a, uh, yeah, the phrase and a word. And the phrase is head coach of the offense. We've heard that a lot. I've heard that a lot. I joined this beat in July and you hear head coach of the offensive line. You guys have made jokes about that head coach of the defensive line, head coach of the secondary. Well, this strikes me as a guy who is going to be the head coach of the offense. And the word that's in my mind is CEO, because that's what, as Nathan was kind of alluding to, that's what this allows Ryan Day to do. Because, yeah, it can be a Kevin Wilson type, but it also allows you the ability to say, I'm going to focus on more macro things. He's, you know, hey, like Nathan said, still going to be running Ryan Day's offense. There's still going to be kind of, you know, Ryan Day's just not going to abandon the game plan. I'm sure he's still going to be involved in in things like that. But this does allow you to kind of focus on other things on a day-to-day level, on a macro level and and kind of a management level. It it allows you a lot of different things. And, you know, you look back at at Bill O'Brien's coaching tree, right? Bill O'Brien started coaching in 1993. That's a long time ago. He's kind of worked his way up the ranks. He's done a lot. I know a lot of people are going to point to the fact that the Patriots were terrible in 2023. Uh, my challenge to you would be to go look at their roster and tell me which offensive coordinator would win with that team. Um, and I would love to hear your answer. I would love who to hear better? who you have to say. Who, who was better in 2023, Ohio State's best weapon on offense or New England Patriots' best weapon on offense? Serious. I'm I so serious I think you're probably right asking like second or third because Marvin Harrison yeah. Jr., if he were to go to the Patriots, would obviously be the best player. So the question is like, is Emeka Ibuka the number two wide receiver on the New England Patriots? Uh, that's a debate I think you got to have. Is Was, was Kyle McCord better than Z- Bailey Zappi? That's another debate. But anyway, that's what we're have. That's that's what we're de- dealing with, right? So you know, this is a guy who I'm not even. And then if you want to take it the other side, I'm not even going to say, "Hey, look, he coached the greatest offense in NFL history with the Patriots in 07. Like he, it is part of his resume. But so is the so is the bad with the Patriots. There's the good and the bad. And I just look at this as kind of more on a what this allows Ohio State to do level. Like I'm not looking at this right now as a what's his run pass ratio going to be what's his this going to be what's his that going to be I think that this is big and that it signifies that like Nathan said this isn't a guy who hey look you're hiring a young up-and-comer you are hiring a guy to basically run the offense and he is a guy who you can just hand the reins over to and you can say it's yours and take care of it Nathan Andrew brought up I mean the Patriots I mean he can say I mean on the recruiting trail it's like yeah, I coached Tom Brady in one of his like best seasons yeah. in the NFL. I <laughs> yeah. have that on my resume, guys, and you can hit him up and talk. Yeah. I can listen. You can talk Tom Brady about me, but also at the college level, you look at guys like Matt McGloin at Penn State. His best year was when Bill O'Brien was there. Christian Hackenberg's best year at Penn State is when yep. Bill O'Brien was there. Bryce Young won the Heisman Trophy with this guy 
as his offensive coordinator. It thinks that I understand in 2022 things didn't look as well, but also Alabama just offensively wasn't as good, especially in the trenches in 2022 as they were in 2021. This guy, when we think about Ohio State's quarterback room right now, coming off the year it had where it just wasn't up to par, and you look at what Will Howard has been so far in his career, you bring a guy like this and mix with Ryan Day still being a quarterback straight guy at heart, does that maybe increase your confidence level in what Ohio State's quarterback play might look like in 2024 just based off both of these guys' track records at this point? Yeah, I think it's, it's reasonable to think that that could happen. It, it, with Howard, you're talking about a, a little bit more of a finished product to some extent. He's he's been starting mm-hmm. over parts of four years in college football. He's pretty advanced in his career. I think there's for it's more important that you bring someone in that can help him quickly acclimate and understand the offense. And I think that's something where Brown's background, I'm sorry, O'Brien's background could be really beneficial here. That you'd have both Day and someone like O'Brien. In experience he has. I mean, you brought up that that example that you brought up. So McGloin was uh, that he was a true senior, I think, or a redshirt junior for that that 2012 mm-hmm. season at Penn State. That was the best year of his career, but that should be the best year of his career, right? Like he's mm-hmm. progressing all along and just had his best year as a senior. That's not that interesting in some ways. But the next year, Hackenberg comes in as a true freshman, I believe, as a true freshman, and had the best year of his three-year career. So he had worse years mm-hmm. the next two years. And as you're saying, there's there's always X factors and other things that play into that. But that's what is interesting to me, that maybe you could bring someone in and and they have to, in pretty short term, uh, learn your offense and go out and execute it at a high level. He was the coach when Deshaun Watson came to the Texans. And was. Uh, that was obviously a pretty quick acclimation for him and he pretty quickly became a one of the best quarterbacks in college or in in the nfl and again it's but again as i keep coming back to day didn't look at this as i need to go find a an advanced and bold offensive mind Mm -hmm. he came in and said because that wasn't what they were necessarily missing last year. It wasn't necessarily, I don't know, do people watch this team and think that the thing that was missing, like when we have brought this up, and we, I think we've been pretty fair in our critique of where this has been costing day, where it's been costing Ohio State in terms of just the, the game organization, the game uh, play calling, the week-to-week stuff. And it isn't that, it isn't that the offense isn't advanced enough you could maybe even argue at times it's it's almost too advanced. Like you've got to learn. I mean, CJ Stroud just said, Oh, I've got less responsibility in the NFL than I did yeah. in Ohio state. Uh, so, I mean, it's a pretty advanced offense as it is. I, I think Ryan day, I haven't had a chance to ask him this yet, but I, there will become, there will come a time. And I think it'll be a question he gets asked at the next press conference. He does is like, does Bill O'Brien's hire answer the thing that maybe was the biggest deficiency last year, which was not having, someone like Kevin Wilson. You got to remember like they they promote Brian Hartline, but that's his first year as a coordinator. Brian's not that old either. Brian is still relatively young to this whole coaching thing. He's only been doing yeah. this 5 6 years. Corey Dennis in his fourth year has only ever been at Ohio State, had, did not come up as a quarterback. Uh I think he's doing a fine job in some aspects of the of the of the position, but again, 
Like this is someone with a different level of it would just just so much more of a foundational understanding of, of things, I think. And someone whose just deep experience is something that Day wants to be able to rely on, that Day can turn to in in helping him, taking things off of his plate so that he can focus on things both throughout the week and in games. And I think that's going to be an interesting thing, and we're going to get into that as well. If you're watching this on YouTube, it's going to be cut up in multiple videos, but if you're listening to this wherever you find podcasts, we'll probably do that after the break here. But I think the more the interesting thing is going to be what the dynamic is going to look like for Ryan Day and Bill O'Brien, not just like when it comes to game day, but just like the other part of college football, which is recruiting, because we've already talked. I keep bringing up Jim Knowles' name here, and it, I think it matters because Jim Knowles' job is to have Ohio State's defense ready to play football on Saturday. Whatever that looks like, that's your job. I don't think anybody cares that he's not the best recruiter. It, it's not like – now, I, I think he's the one person where Ryan Day's criteria of putting recruiting first – I don't think recruiting is first when you're talking about Jim Knowles because his job is to make sure what we saw for 13 games this past year happens for 16 games – in 2024, which is why it's that much more important to have guys like Tim Walton, have a Larry Johnson, and the other guys on the raw, on your defensive coaching staff who can be elite recruiters because this one guy is not going to be that. But he does all these other things. And I'm not saying that Bill O'Brien can come in here and just not talk to recruits because I'm sure he will. In fact, back when he was at Alabama, he was the main guy leading the recruitment for Julian Sand, the five-star quarterback who's at Alabama now. But I do wonder, when you have Ryan Day as your head coach, who is a pretty good recruiter when he's got the chance to do so, does this lead to a dynamic where it's like, Bill O'Brien, your main concern is what happens on Saturdays. Doesn't mean you can't do everything else, but like, as long as the product on Saturday looks good, as long as that game planning and when you're making the right play calls and that part of it looks good, Nathan, that's the part that's going to matter most here. Yeah, I, I think it, it, it's that. I think it's also just what the correlate the corollary to all that is then what does day do mm -hmm. with that extra time bandwidth however you want to say it right mm -hmm. like the the things are taken off of his plate but that doesn't mean he's going to eat less what what does he put on mm -hmm. the plate you know what I'm saying it's not that it's not mm -hmm. that he does less it's so that he does other things so what will those other things be I think that's what I'm also intrigued to learn um and it, I think, you know, one of the areas where I thought that this lack of being able to do something like this last year showed up this past season was, maybe I'm wrong about this, my read, it showed up in some of the special teams problems. Like, mm -hmm. if, if you're the head coach and you have to spend an offensive coordinator's amount of time within in that room all week and you're also very heavily involved with the quarterbacks how much time do you really have to go fix this problem this ongoing problem that was going on in special teams i think that that unit could have used his help and i don't really once it happened this season i don't really blame day at that point i think these things are the way you are you have to trust that guy to do his job and, and, and get things fixed but it's just the way that this was all set up that that led people to being in the positions they were in for this past year and it just didn't give them a lot of flexibility i think this just gives this gives day flexibility to be 
kind of whatever he wants to be now for as far as running this program. And whether that is things that are not X's and O's things, if it's all of the all of the NIL stuff, all of the transfer portal stuff, all of just the just day-to-day oversight that goes in and the player relationships and the culture things, like that gives him significantly more time to go build those things the way he wants them to be. So we're going to continue this conversation after Breaker. Get the text, 614-350-3315. When this news broke, that was the first place we went with it, was through the text. Two-week free trial, 399 after that. And then we also confirmed it. So we gave a little bit more information into what is going on here. We're going to take a quick break here and talk more about Ohio State hiring Bill O'Brien as its offensive coordinator for the 24-24 season here on Buckeye Talk. Ohio State's found its new offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien, who will be taking over play-calling duties and carrying a lot of the heavy lifting when it comes to the offensive game planning going forward. Stephen Means, Nathan Baird, Andrew Gillis, this is Buckeye Talk. I want to talk about this, guys, from the, the Ryan Day perspective of things because he's giving up a significant part of his identity as a coach. In order to take that next step, as you called it, Andrew, in, in, in another video, in, another, in the first segment of this podcast, to go CEO mode, to go full-fledged CEO mode. But this was a guy, he got this job because of his offensive mind and his ability to call plays. And so, Nathan, when you th- just, when I think about what this means for Ryan Day in terms of on Saturday and how things might work, I think about the last two Michigan games, and I think about one play from each of those games, and they're both situations where it was like, do you go forward or do you not? And in 2022, it was the play when, like, C.J. Stroud's, like, waving the special teams off of the field and saying, go forward, and Ryan Day's, like, sending out the punt team on the botched punt in that situation. And then, obviously, this past year, and when they decided to kick a field goal out the end of the first half instead of maybe putting their pedal to the metal a little bit. And I wonder in those situations – does Ryan Day handle it differently if he's not having to also look at the game from an offensive coordinator play calling standpoint? And if that's where the benefit is, if like after second and seven, you get it to third and one, instead of immediately going back into your play sheet, because you're trying to figure out what's next, you can sit back a little bit and just catch the vibe a little bit. And maybe those situations, even if there's only like four of them all year, that's where the impact is the most on Saturdays in terms of how does Ryan Day spend his time? That's how he's spending his game days instead of worrying about, okay, this is what we're going to call on second and seven. Okay, this is what we're going to call if we get in a third and 13 situation. Yeah, I, it's why I think that it's important that you that they hired someone of this magnitude seems like the wrong word. He's not Vince Lombardi. Description. You know what I'm saying? Some, well, someone of this, this stature. experience. Stature. Yeah. <laughs> stature might be the right word, yeah. Um, thank you. Um, I, that was, I assisted you on the last pod we did. You got my, you <laughs> you got me back. Um, it's what we do here at Buckeye Talk. <laughs> um, because you know, when day, I, I don't think day was ever going to give Brian Hartline play calling duties this past year. I thought that was always a very unlikely storyline as people were back, going back to the spring and into the preseason, people kept asking and, by the time it got to August and nobody was giving it, t- saying that he was going to definitely call plays, that should have let people know. Really, it should have been known kind of by the end of the spring. It just didn't make sense, I don't think. And part of the thing, and when when Ryan, when they were going through spring practices, you know, Ryan tried to do a thing where he he stepped back and was more of like a floater, more of like a like what Urban Meyer probably would have been, you know, moving around the room more, spending less time with the offense, spending less time with the quarterbacks. But 
he even joked about it later. Like, what would he invariably do over the course of that practice? You're like slowly moving your way back over, mm-hmm. and pretty soon you're right back where you were. Is he is that's what his comfort zone is, and that's where his that's where his brain can most immediately affect what's happening because that's what he's done his whole career. So I think you have to bring in someone like O'Brien because they can be a little bit of a wall from yourself. Maybe like, you know, there's no, if you put someone young in that position, it could be the power dynamic could be too shifted. And day is still the head coach. Day is still the one making the the ultimate decisions on all these things. But O'Brien has enough stature to have a presence in that room, I think, and be a, a daily kind of reminder today that someone has that part taken care of now, and now he can go do these other things. I think we're just going to have to – I'm, I'm eager to watch the first practice we get to see this spring and what Ryan is doing, where Bill O'Brien is, and how that balances out. Because, as you say, um, it, it's it's going to be an adjustment for him. It, it And it's not probably going to be an easy one for him at times. This has been his, it's why he came to Ohio State. He was brought to Ohio State when he became the head coach. Gene Smith uh, told him he wanted him to keep calling plays because that was what he was excellent at. And that's what he had, um, that's what he most brought to a given Saturday in, in how he could help a team win. And I think we have just seen over time that, and that may, that may have even been the right decision at the time. But over time, I think we have seen that things have changed within the sport, and it, mm-hmm. it just makes more sense. I, I, the, the, the word I keep coming back to is, is bandwidth. I feel like I use that a lot in my life now to describe things that have nothing to do with Wi-Fi. It's about you know when you've got a job, and that job it takes up a lot of your time, and then you also, I don't know, for instance, have a 21-month-old baby, like your bandwidth starts to get spread pretty thin and there's you forget things and you overlook things because you're just stretched you're just stretched thin you're just stretched thin and then the holidays come right now the mm-hmm. holiday now you're traveling for the holidays now you're doing all these other things and it's like i have this very domestic version of what ryan day puts up with in november and december every year we've got the biggest games of the year and and the pressure that is mounting because you keep losing them and the transfer portal is about to open and you've got signing day coming up. So all of your assistant coaches are going on the road and your starting quarterback just win the portal and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you've got to have someone to help take on some of that bandwidth. Cause it's just, I, I don't know who could potentially the, the one, the, the way it would work if you were still going to call plays because it almost did. It almost did work in 2022. Like they were, Mm -hmm. as we've said, two more points, they beat Georgia. and Or two less points for Georgia, they win. And you had Kevin Wilson there that whole season and was there for the bowl experience to be that veteran, dependable wisdom. Wisdom, I think, is maybe the word here that that we haven't used yet that is, is probably important that you have someone with just this accumulated wisdom over the course of his career that can not replace what Ryan Day is, but work within the same structure and help get the best result from everybody's 
collective expertise. But that's also in a situation where they have 30 days to prepare for that situation in 2022. And so it is, it's not on you the same way that it is in a regular season where it's like, okay, well, we just played a game. We got to play another game in six days, but also this is happening, but also this is happening, but also this is happening. Also, I have a family. So all of this is happening at the same time. Andrew, the transfer portal is crazy, but it's not going anywhere. The recruiting calendar is crazy and everybody hates it, but until somebody actually does something to change it, it's not going anywhere. NIL is only going to get crazier until people decide to actually do something about it and put some structure into this. Then there's the other things that just come with the fact that you are the head coach at one of the three biggest brands in college football, maybe the number one brand in college football. There's just a lot of things, and I haven't said anything about playing a football game on Saturday yet. Did this need to happen now for Ryan Day? Was this the perfect time for him to make this decision about giving up, hiring somebody who can at least take off his plate, play calling on Saturdays, and being the primary voice and game planning on the offensive side of the ball heading into a game week on Saturday? So I think it was the right time, but I'm not going to say it was the perfect timing. Um, I'm going to let you guys decide. I wasn't here, so I'm, I don't want to speak on, he should have given it up two years ago. I wasn't covering this team two years ago. So if you guys want to say he should have given it up two years ago, that's fine. But I, mm-hmm. I do think in, from my perspective, he needed to give it up now. Like he needed to give it up at a point. And, and, and I think, you know, that was kind of my summation after the first year of, and it's, it, it's nothing against Ryan Day's play calling as I'm sure some people swerve off the road or whatever, as they're listening to this, it's nothing specific against like Ryan day's play calling. It's just college football is different. Like you mentioned, Steven college football is just way different than it was 15, 20 years ago. You can't just be a ball coach and scheme up some ball and go in some games. You have to recruit 365 days a year because yeah, they're guess what? The calendar is going to tell you that you can't go recruit you know, a kid from Tennessee or a kid from Georgia or a kid from Florida at certain points of the year. But you have to recruit your own roster. You have to keep recruiting them every year to make sure that they're going to stay. You have to worry about the transfer portal. You have to find out, hey, there's this kid tearing it up from Georgia State who we think can be a really nice tight end for us. And you have to be involved in conversations like that because Ohio State has like a GM. Like this, this is the way that college sports are going, right? You, you need to be involved in macro conversations. You're going to have a new athletic director. You got to understand what your NIL program is, how it's going to be set up, what the system is going to look like under him, what he's going to want out of the football program. There's just, there's a lot going on here. And I think that this is a nice time for it because, you know, you mentioned Jim Knowles in recruiting earlier. Well, Jim Knowles can kind of just coach. Because you got Larry Johnson coaching the defensive line. You have James Laurinaitis, who's not a full-time staffer. He's on, he's on the staff, but he's not in a, one of the 10 assistant coaches. He's a great linebackers recruiter. Tim Walton, hero ball, as we have discussed multiple times. And you just replaced the safeties coach, Perry Eliano, with another guy because one of the reasons was you probably weren't getting it done on the recruiting trail as, as you would want. And then you go to the offensive side of the ball. Justin Fry, he's going to recruit the offensive line. You have Keenan Bailey at tight end. Tony Alford's recruiting running backs. He just pulled the top 100 kid out of Texas. Brian Hartline, LOL. And then what does Ryan Day recruit anyway? Quarterbacks. Ryan Day's involved in the quarterbacks recruiting. So like this, this does kind of free everything up, I think, for Ryan Day to be more involved in recruiting. 
And I think that that is something that I'm going to be kind of looking out for over these next couple of weeks and months because, hey, you, you can you can get involved in recruiting. You know, you can get involved in, you know, for example, Jared Curtis, the number one quarterback in the 2026 class. You can get involved in a kid like that. You can be more how do I say this? You, you can be more in tune and more, um, more involved in that recruitment than you maybe would have had the opportunity to be otherwise. But I'm also curious, like, does he get involved with offensive line recruiting? Does he's he involved? Show, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's like, a but good I'm point. saying more, more. Yeah. Like, is the, that, that was my, like, does he get involved mm-hmm. in the offensive line more? Does he get in, involved in running back recruiting more? He probably just says, great job, Brian Hartline. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm going to stay out of that one. You can, you got it. You can handle that. Um, you know, but you're obviously, you, you can involve yourself in more. And Nathan had a great example uh, earlier. Ryan Day's not eating less. He's eating the same amount. He's just eating different things. And I'm curious mm-hmm. if some of those things that he's going to be doing are on the recruiting trail where maybe you do get more involved in a running back or even a defensive lineman or something like that. How do you do that on your staff and get more involved? Because look, it's one thing for, you know, for a high school kid to say, Oh yeah, you know, I have a great relationship with this linebackers coach, with this corners coach, with this tight ends coach, with whatever. It's another thing. If you're saying, wow, the head coach is really interested. Trust me. I've heard kids say this out loud. The head coach is that wow. The head coach is really interested in me. That's a big deal, and I think that that's what you might look for from Ryan Day over these next couple of months. So I, I think that this is the I, I, again. I don't want to repeat what I said earlier. I, I, I understand the future, the the past. I, I wasn't here for it, but I think looking at it in a vacuum, the past is the past. Whatever the Lion King quote is, where it's like the past can hurt, but you can either learn from it or let it hurt you or something. Whatever the quote is, as I just butchered it. Now's the time. And it, it just allows you to do so many other things. You want to know what a perfect example of that is? And when you started asking about other positions, Ryan Day is doing a press conference with us on signing day, and he's got to leave the room because he's got to go talk to Edric Houston yep. and make sure that's locked in. And how many, how much more time is he going to – because that's part of being the head coach is being the closer sometimes. As great as Larry Johnson is, you still need your head coach sometimes to come be a closer. How many times – over the past couple of years here, as he's gotten more, as his plate has gotten more added to it, has he been not able to finish his green beans? That's what we're going to call the recruiting. He hasn't been able to finish that part because he's too busy worried about the mashed potatoes. So and how much more time is he going to have for when Devin Sanchez wants to get on the phone with the head coach for five minutes or you know, Jared Curtis, you just mentioned him. He's a, uh, the 26 wants yeah. to talk with him in the 26 class and on down the road here, because Edric, that's not the only time that he's been yeah. doing something and he's had to get on the phone with Edric Houston. It may be not as always Edric Houston, but that's part of his job, Nathan. And to Andrew's point, he's going to have more time to do that stuff because he is, it's not, we're not saying he's going to leave the room because he's still going to be in the offensive room because that's still what he is at heart. It just means that maybe he spends some time in defensive room too. Maybe he spends some extra time with a player on his roster who just wants to come sit and chat in his office for five minutes. Maybe it gives him five extra minutes to make a phone call or five extra minutes to be at whatever fundraiser because he needs to be at that. You wrapped it up pretty well there, Nathan, where you said he's still going to eat the same amount. He just might be able to finish other parts of his meal now that he's not so worried about this one very important one. 
Oh, if if I could just jump in real quick, I you you mentioned closer. You can like you know you think of the oh you bring him in at the end and that's the I'm I my point is you can bring you can bring this guy in for a six out save now you can bring this guy mm. in for longer you can bring this guy in earlier and he can be involved in in more earlier in the process you don't have to bring him in late and then he can give kind of more of his effort if if that makes sense I'm saying that. You can bring him in in the middle of recruitment when the kid maybe even hasn't had like a top 10 list, when the kid hasn't had a top five list. You can bring those guys and and you can bring those guys to Ryan Day and Ryan Day to those guys and get him involved earlier. And that was my point. Maybe that, you know, not that he can be just, hey, he can be a better closer now, but you can involve him in more conversations earlier. I keep coming back to it, it seems like there's there's a vibe out there that is a little underwhelmed by this. And maybe that's because of how things ended for O'Brien in, in Houston for some reason. Um, I think there was just some weird stuff going on there. Um, maybe it's because of you know what happened at Alabama, not being able to build off of what Bryce Young did in 2021. Maybe it's because the Patriots offense stunk with bad quarterbacks and their best, I mean, their best skilled player was probably an over-the-hill Ezekiel Elliott, right? So, mm-hmm. No offense to Zeke. So maybe not over the hill, but on 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 the other side of the slope. So I, I just keep coming back to he's not – Ryan Day is still here. The Ryan Day offensive mind, the thing that is the engine to the offense is still here. If you're a fan who, like, didn't doesn't want Ryan Day spending any time with the quarterbacks, Ryan Day spending any time in the offensive game plan room, I don't understand that. Like, he's, he's across the sport considered – someone with an expertise in those things. You want mm-hmm. his influence in those things. But as the head coach, his influence needs to be spread wider. And I just keep coming back to that. And it didn't dawn on me until tonight. And so if we if we had talked about this in the past in a way that made you think that they were going to hire someone electric, um, so Ryan Day 2.1 or whatever, um, That's our, I guess that's on us. It's on me. I don't think that we really telegraphed that that was what we thought was going to happen but it it definitely dawned on me tonight as this was coming together that it's not it's certainly not Corey dennis that they're replacing it's not even ryan day that he's replacing it feels like a replacement for kevin wilson like someone with this this amount of experience this long this presence that he could have across and you've still got Joe Philbin around by the way. Mm-hmm. So you're getting back to I think the right mix of older younger coaches. Keenan Bailey very young coach, very young coach. Promising, promising young coach, but very young coach. Uh Corey Dennis was a very young coach, still pretty young. Um uh, Brian Hartline again, not all that old as coaches go and still and and his coaching started less, started later than all a lot of these other guys mm-hmm. because Keenan Bailey and Corey Dennis didn't go play in the NFL. I don't know if you knew that. So, um, nor, nor, nor did some of these other really good coaches. Nor did Larry Johnson. So, But, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, I think this gets – and Ryan Day. Ryan Day is still a young coach in a lot of ways. So, I think bringing someone in with Bill O'Brien – like, when circumstances arise that a team as a, by, a, at large has to address – Kevin Wilson had seen a lot of those things in the past that Brian Hartline hadn't, at least not from a coach's perspective. And I think to get that factor back into the program could end up being 
much more important or as important as it would have been to go find a uh, someone that you think just makes brilliant schematic decisions on Saturdays. Because I think sometimes that stuff is a little overrated that it's the it's it's the it's the presence across the staff 365 days a year that can can pay off in important ways. And I think this was the perfect time for him to do it. One replace Kevin Wilson because we he was missed this year. And we I don't know how much he was missed, but I do know oh. to some extent he was missed. I think last year the idea of it was in people's heads, and then the Georgia game happened. And so it was like, okay, well, no, he still can do this. I think so but, much But came, again, the Georgia game Georgia game was with C.J. Stroud and Kevin Wilson. Like, there were right. a lot of factors that were just for that guy. Like, I, right. I don't think this is the perfect time. The perfect time had passed. He had to do it now. Hmm. I think he had to do it now. I think and it dawned on him that he had to do it now. I think the perfect time to do it would have been last year, to go find someone like this. And I, I don't know why they – did some of the things they did with the staff, the holdovers that they made. And um, again, I thought Corey Dennis did a really good job with recruiting and the quarterback performance has not been like abysmal, obviously yeah. during his tenure here by any stretch. You've had guys go to New York and, and it, the, the, the dip was just down to the level of comic court who was still largely productive. So I, it wasn't like you had to like jettison him, but it it's just, I think, if you were being as ruthless as you sometimes need to be as the head coach, you would have stepped back and said, if I'm losing a Kevin Wilson, I have to get a Kevin Wilson. And if you're promoting Keenan Bailey, then that probably means we need to make, we need to swap out Corey Dennis for someone like Bill O'Brien a year ago. By the way, you might've been able to get Bill O'Brien a year ago. He was out of a job at Alabama or he was leaving Alabama to go to the, Patriots. So, I mean, it was steps. It was a step up to go to the Patriots. Maybe you couldn't have got him, but you could have got someone similar. There was, there's other people in, of that background that you probably could have got. So, um, I, I it wasn't. This isn't the perfect time. I think the perfect time had passed, but it it was a they they couldn't go another year without doing it. I don't think. But I think that brings me back to the words you first used when we started this trust. And because that matters so much to Ryan Day, whether I agree with it or not, I get why he didn't this past year. Because new quarterback, you kind of want to have as much as just known around you as possible in that situation. And it just it backfired in a way. It didn't work. So this time around, you've got to kind of just you can't get stuck on that. You've got to move on from it and make the decision. That it, OK, fine. He maybe should have made this decision last year. But I understand just because of who we're talking about why it didn't happen. But that can't be an excuse this time around. I think that's why I said this is the perfect time for him to do this. Also, for anybody who doesn't like this hire, the greatest college football coach of all time and the greatest NFL coach of all time hired him. And the greatest NFL coach of all time hired him on multiple occasions to come run his offense. I think that's a pretty good stamp of approval that this guy's pretty good. I'm not saying he's the greatest thing that's ever happened to football, but that's two pretty quality resume points, and I'm pretty sure Ryan Day probably talked with both of those human beings before he made a decision like this, because why wouldn't he talk to those two human beings before he makes a decision like this? Yeah, I mean, it, yes, they're hiring the guy who's, you know, I think the Patriots are like 28th in the NFL last year in yards per play. Not, not great. Roster, mm. also not great. But mm. they're also hiring the guy who, like, had five 
winning seasons out of the six full seasons he had with the Texans and won four division championships. Like, yep. that is that is a that demonstrates something from that executive leadership standpoint. And that's what's also being hired here. And that's what Ryan Day needed more than someone to I like the idea that someone that the idea that Bill O'Brien is so offensively limited that he can come in with Ohio State's offense, like the game plan, the playbook, and the weapons that they're going to have, and like pull it, hold it back. I w- I'll be surprised if that happens. I'll be surprised if we're in like yeah. October talking about, boy, it doesn't really seem like Bill O'Brien knows what he's doing out there. Well, I we'll mean, see. We'll see. But I'm, I'll be surprised if I think that. I'm not saying I'm not saying they're going to come out and jump right back up to eight yards per play like they were a couple of years ago. There's a lot of other factors, but I, I think there's reason to. Look, I, I just look at this more as what they're really replacing. They're replacing mm-hmm. the wisdom and the, I know people probably don't like that word, wisdom and experience that they lost from Kevin Wilson. And actually, I think, again, like I said before, I think this is an upgrade beyond that, just with everything that O'Brien has accomplished in his career. He's also replacing, actually, physically on the staff, Core Dennis, which means Ohio State still just has nine assistants on its staff right now. I don't, it'd be, I don't think they're going to add another offensive assistant into that situation. Maybe they add another defensive guy later down the line here. And maybe it's James Laurinaitis or maybe both sides, both him and Ryan Day, are comfortable with him still just being in that graduate assistant role. But either way, Ryan Day still has one more staff spot to finish up hiring. Because as of right now, James Laurinaitis is acting in that role. So it's allowed him to be on the road. That's why you're seeing him at different high schools right now. So that's the last thing we're waiting on in terms of off-season additions from the coaching staff is potentially another defensive coaching staff member added. This is an emergency podcast. We also recorded a recruiting pod where we talked about Caleb Downs and Caden Proctor and a few other things defensively as well. So you'll also be getting that today. So two for one day, two for one day, because Ryan Day decided at 10 o'clock on Thursday night to have the news break that he was hiring his offensive coordinator who will be taking over calling plays. That's Bill O'Brien, longtime head coach, longtime offensive coordinator, both at the NFL and the college football level. Get the text 614-350-3315. That news came to your phone first before it went anywhere else. Two-week free trial, three ninety nine. after that. For Nathan Baird and for Andrew Gillis, I'm Stephen Means, and that was Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk.